Welcome to today's Triple Z. The Triple Z Podcast is a daily program that you can use to help you fall asleep each night. Just turn down the volume, lay back, relax, and enjoy as you fall asleep. Today we are reading from the 1952 Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. We will be reading the introduction and the first few sections about their various definitions. It is used, mainly in the United States, by researchers, psychiatric drug regulation agencies, health insurance companies, as pharmaceutical companies, as the legal system, and policy makers. Mental health professionals use the manual to determine and help communicate a patient's diagnosis after an evaluation. Hospitals, clinics, and insurance companies as in the United States may require a DSM diagnosis for all patients with mental disorders. Healthcare researchers use the DSM to categorize patients for research purposes. If you enjoy our program, please be sure to write us a review on your podcast platform and share us with a friend. You both might sleep just a little better at night. Our website is triple Z. That's three Z's dot media. You can also like and share our content on Facebook or our Instagram account CZZ Media Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by the Sleep Channel on Spotify. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Prepared by the Committee on Nomenclature and Statistics of the American Psychiatric Association. Forward. The development of a uniform nomenclature of disease in the United States is comparatively recent. In the late 20s, each large teaching center employed a system of its own origination, no one of which met more than the immediate needs of the local institution. Despite their local origins, for lack of suitable alternatives, these systems were spreading use throughout the nation, ordinarily by individuals who had been trained in a particular center, hence had become accustomed to that special system of nomenclature. Modifications in the transplanted nomenclatures immediately became necessary and were made as expediency dictated. There resulted a polyglot of diagnostic labels and systems, effectively blocking communication and the collection of medical statistics. In late 1927, the New York Academy of Medicine spearheaded a movement out of this chaos towards a nationally accepted standard nomenclature of disease. In March 1928, the first National Conference on Nomenclature of Disease met at the Academy. This conference was composed of representatives of interested governmental agencies and of the national societies representing the medical specialists. A trial edition of the proposed new nomenclature was published in 1932 and distributed to selected hospitals for a test run. Following the success of these tests, the first official edition of the Standard Classified Nomenclature of Disease was published in 1933 and was widely adopted in the next two years. Two subsequent revisions have been made, the last in 1942. 
The nomenclature in this manual constitutes the section on diseases of the psychobiologic unit from the fourth edition of the Standard Nomenclature of Diseases and Operations, 1952. Prior to the first edition of the standard, psychiatry was in a somewhat more favorable situation regarding standardized nomenclature than was the large body of American medicine. The Committee on Statistics of the American Psychiatric Association, then the American Medico-Psychological Association, had formulated a plan for uniform statistics in hospitals for mental disease which was officially adopted by the association in May 1917. This plan included a classification of mental disease which, although primarily a statistical classification, was usable in a limited way as a nomenclature. The National Committee for Mental Hygiene introduced the new classification and statistical system in hospitals throughout the country and continued to publish the statistical manual for the use of hospitals for mental diseases through the years. The Committee on Nomenclature and Statistics of the American Psychiatric Association collaborated with the National Committee in this publication. With approval of the Council and by agreement with the National Committee for Mental Hygiene, now the National Association for Mental Health, the Mental Hospital Service of the American Psychiatric Association now assumes responsibility for future publication of the Statistical Manual, which has been retitled Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders and is presented here in its first edition. The American Psychiatric Association cooperated as the representative national society in the establishment of the standard nomenclature of disease. With the publication of the first edition of the standard, a considerable revision in the statistical manual became necessary. This revision was accomplished in the eighth edition of the statistical manual, 1934. The classification system of the new standard nomenclature was included together with a condensed list for statistical use. For the first time, the difference in a system of nomenclature and a system of statistical classification was underscored. Only minor changes were made in the section on mental disorders in later revisions of the standard, this section being essentially the same in the 1933 and 1942 editions. Many teaching centers devised modified systems of nomenclature for their own use, but the official nomenclature into which diagnoses were coded for statistical and medical record files remained the original 1933 nomenclature as published in the standard. As a result, at the beginning of World War II, American psychiatry, civilian and military, was utilizing a system of naming developed primarily for the needs and case loads of public mental hospitals. The origin of this system was in itself predictive of the difficulties which would soon be encountered. The armed forces faced an increasing psychiatric case load as mobilization and the war went on. There was need to account accurately for all causes of morbidity, hence the need for a suitable diagnosis for every case seen by the psychiatrist, a situation not faced in civilian life. Only about 10% of the total cases seen fell into any of the categories ordinarily seen in public mental hospitals. Military psychiatrists, 
induction station psychiatrists, and Veterans Administration psychiatrists found themselves operating within the limits of a nomenclature specifically not designed for 90% of the cases handled. Relatively minor personality disturbances, which became of importance only in the military setting, had to be classified as psychopathic personality. Psychosomatic disorders turned up in the nomenclature under the various organ systems by whatever name a gastroenterologist or cardiologist had devised for them. The psychoneurotic label had to be applied to men reacting briefly with neurotic symptoms to considerable stress, individuals who, as subsequent studies have shown, were not ordinarily psychoneurotic in the usual meaning of the term. No provision existed for diagnosing psychological reactions to the stress of combat and terms had to be invented to meet this need. The official system of nomenclature rapidly became untenable. In 1944, the Navy made a partial revision of its nomenclature to meet the deficiencies mentioned, but attempted to stay within the limits of the standard where possible. In 1945, the Army established a much more sweeping revision, abandoning the basic outline of the standard and attempting to express present-day concepts of mental disturbance. This nomenclature eventually was adopted by all armed forces, and in 1946 the Veterans Administration adopted a new nomenclature which resembled closely that of the armed forces. In 1948, a revised international statistical classification was adopted and categorized mental disorders in rubrics similar to those of the Armed Forces nomenclature. By 1948, then, the situation in psychiatric nomenclature had deteriorated almost to the point of confusion which existed throughout medical nomenclature in the 20s. At least three nomenclatures, Standard, Armed Forces, and Veterans Administration were in general use and none of them fell accurately into line with the international statistical classification. One agency found itself in the uncomfortable position of using one nomenclature for clinical use, a different one for disability rating, and the international for statistical work. In addition, practically every teaching center had made modifications of the standard for its own use and assorted modifications of the armed forces nomenclature had been introduced into many clinics and hospitals by psychiatrists returning from military duty. Following the adoption of new nomenclatures by the Army and Veterans Administration, the Committee on Nomenclature and Statistics of the American Psychiatric Association postponed change in its recommended official nomenclature pending some evidence as to the usability of the new systems. In 1948, the committee undertook to learn from the Army and Veterans Administration how successful the changes had been and what the shortcomings of the new systems were. Simultaneously, an effort was made to determine the sentiments of the membership regarding the need for a change in the then-current standard. A high percentage of psychiatrists contacted felt that change in the nomenclature was urgently needed, with special attention to the areas of personality disorders and transient reactions to special stress. The need for change seemed to be felt more strongly by those in clinic and private practice than by those in mental hospital or institutional work. 
However, a considerable proportion of mental hospital staffs urged change. This was especially true where outpatient clinics had been established in connection with the hospitals. The Army and Veterans Administration reported that their revisions were considered successful by clinicians and statisticians. Statistically, the revisions were said to be more easily handled than the old nomenclatures, particularly when it became necessary to code diagnoses into the revised international. After some expected initial difficulties in using the new terms, clinicians reported that the revisions were much more useful than the old listing. Psychiatrists who had become accustomed to the revised nomenclature in the army were unwilling to return to the standard nomenclature upon return to civilian life. The major shortcoming in both revisions was reported to be the classification of mental disorders accompanying organic brain disease, a minor problem in military psychiatry but a major item in civilian psychiatry. With a need for a revision established, and guidelines drawn from the experience of the Armed Forces and Veterans Administration, the committee set about drafting a proposed revision. Source material received by the Army and Veterans Administration during the process of their revisions was utilized. Psychiatric teaching units were contacted for ideas, especially concerning the organic brain disorders, and efforts were made to obtain all possible suggestions from the body of American psychiatry, as well as from the literature. From March 1950, the chief of the biometrics branch, National Institute of Mental Health, served as a consultant to the committee to assist with the statistical aspects of the revision. In April 1950, the committee distributed mimeograph copies of a proposed revision of the psychiatric nomenclature to approximately 10% of the membership of the American Psychiatric Association. Addressees were picked from the geographical listing of members, 10% of the members in each state and Canada being selected. In addition, addressees were selected by position held in order to give complete coverage to all areas of psychiatry. Attention was paid to membership in other organizations, American Neurological Association, American Psychoanalytic Association, Academy of Neurology, American Psychopathological Association, etc., so that a fair sampling of those groups was included. Members of the staffs of state departments of mental health were included in order to obtain an expression of opinion from such departments concerning the statistical and clinical impact of the proposed revision. The proposed revision was accompanied by a nine-page questionnaire asking for opinions and suggestions on all sections of the revision. A deadline of July 1, 1950 was set for return of the questionnaire in order that the work might be completed in time for the November 1950 meeting of council. As the questionnaires were returned, they were broken down into sections and mailed out to individual members of the committee, each of whom had been assigned a specific area of the revision for study. A master file of questionnaire returns was established in the office of the medical director for quick reference. There were 520 questionnaires distributed, 241 were returned in time for consideration by the committee. Of these, 224, 93%, 
express general approval of the suggested revision, 11, 5% express general disapproval, and 6, 2% were neutral. Such overwhelming approval was not accorded all sections of the revision, but the lowest approval rate on any section was 72%. The returns were not simply blanket approvals or disapprovals, more than half contained specific suggestions and recommendations. An unexpectedly high proportion of addressees had made the revision and questionnaire points of extensive discussion with colleagues. Several mental hospitals held a number of staff meetings devoted to such discussions, other clinics and administrative groups did the same. It therefore appeared that the committee had received the considered opinion of a very large portion of American psychiatry. Armed with this wealth of thoughtful material, the committee prepared a second revision incorporating the information obtained from the questionnaires. As had been done in the case of the first revision, this second revision was sent to the editor of the standard nomenclature for comment and particularly to learn whether it could be incorporated in the general framework of the standard. With minor changes in wording and coding, this second revision was acceptable to the standard. Accordingly, the revision was presented to Council of the American Psychiatric Association at its meetings on November 6th 1950 with the recommendations that it be adopted as the officially supported nomenclature of the American Psychiatric Association that it be recommended by counsel to the standard nomenclature for inclusion in the 1951 edition and that the committee be authorized to prepare this diagnostic and statistical manual for publication by the association. These recommendations were approved by counsel. The collection of statistics on mental illness morbidity has long been a stepchild of federal government. Delegated from year to year on a fiscal basis to the Bureau of the Census, morbidity statistics in this most important area perhaps would never have been collected had it not been for the untiring efforts of former committees on statistics of the American Psychiatric Association and the National Committee on Mental Hygiene. It has therefore been most important in the past that this manual devote most of its attention to statistics, as was indicated by its name. In 1946, an act of Congress authorized the establishment of the National Institute of Mental Health under the United States Public Health Service. A biometrics branch has been established in that institute and concerns itself with the operational features of statistical reporting. It is, therefore, no longer necessary for the American Psychiatric Association to remain in the operational field as far as statistics are concerned. In keeping with the status of this association as a scientific professional society, it has seemed appropriate to limit the statistical section of this manual to a statement of general principles and procedures, leading the preparation of detailed operating manuals to the operational agency created for that purpose, this committee acting in a consultant capacity to that agency. Despite its recent origin, the biometrics branch of the National Institute of Mental Health has made handsome strides toward major statistical objectives. 
A conference has been held of statisticians and mental hygiene administrators from 11 states, adding together 55% of the average daily resident patient population in all state hospitals. The need for basic agreement concerning definition of terms and minimum tabulations has been emphasized. A model area for the reporting of morbidity statistics on the hospitalized mentally ill has been established. Further progress along these lines can be expected. Valuable operational data in the field of statistics has been and is being brought together and is available to those who have detailed operational questions not covered by this manual. This information may be obtained by correspondence with the Chief of the Biometrics Branch, National Institute of Mental Health, Bethesda 14, Maryland. Dr. Morton Kramer, Chief, Biometrics Branch, National Institute of Mental Health, has worked with this committee as consultant in statistics and has prepared the majority of sections for NV. In addition, he and members of the committee have worked assiduously with Dr. Selwyn Collins, Head Statistician, Division of Public Health Methods, United States Public Health Service, and his assistant, Mrs. Louise E. Balo, nosologist, in preparing the cross-coding of diseases of the psychobiologic unit of the standard with the international classification, an effort of no small note. Dr. Richard J. Plunkett, editor of the standard nomenclature of diseases and operations, has been most cooperative and helpful. His associate editor, Mrs. Adeline C. Hayden, has been doubly assistive in her role of associate editor of the standard as co-author of the textbook and guide to the standard nomenclature of diseases and operations with Dr. Edward T. Thompson, who himself has spent much time working with such tedious problems as cross-coding the old and new nomenclatures. The American Medical Association and P. Blackiston and Sons Incorporated, publishers of the standard nomenclature, have permitted republication of several portions of the standard necessary to make this manual complete. The Physician's Record Company, publisher of textbook and guide to the standard nomenclature of diseases and operations, has permitted republication of parts of that book. These are indicated appropriately in the footnotes of the manual. As may be surmised from the narrative account above, it would be impossible to acknowledge the assistance received from various members of the American Psychiatric Association and others, as they number many. It would be unjust to list here only the names of those who were members of the Committee on Nomenclature and Statistics at the time of completion of this revision, since those who went before each contributed in some way to the information which finally led to this particular revision. For that reason, the names of those who have served on the Committee since 1946, with their terms of service, are listed. Georgian Reigns, M.D. Chairman, Committee on Nomenclature and Statistics, Washington, D.C., November 1951, Mental Disorders, Committee on Nomenclature and Statistics, 1951, Georgian Reigns, Chairman, Moses M. Froelich, Ernest S. Goddard, Baldwin L. 
Keys, Mabel Ross, Robert S. Schwab, Harvey J. Tompkins. Other members of the committee, 19461951. Franz Alexander, 19471950. Clarence O. Cheney, 19421947. John M. Baird, 19481951. Jacob H. Friedman, 19471949. Abram E. Bennett, 19411946. Jacob Kazanin, 19441946. George F. Brewster, 19461948. Lawrence Culp, 19471950. Norman Q. Brill, 19461948. Nolan D. C. Lewis, 19461948. Walter L. Broich, 19441949. Chairman, 19461948. John M. Caldwell, 19481951. James V. May, 19371948. J. P. S. Cathcart, 19411946. H. Houston Merritt, 19461948. Sidney G. Chalk, 19471950. J. Davis Richard, 19461950. Neil A. Dayton, 19361949. George S. Sprague, 19451948. Chairman, 19421946. Edward A. Strecker, 19481951. Paul L. White, 19461950. Section 1. Diseases of the Psychobiologic Unit Introduction Previous changes of the psychobiologic unit have been restricted by the timing of each revision. This revision is perfectly timed to include the experiences of psychiatrists of World War II, the results of several years' usage by the Military and Veterans Administration of a revised Army nomenclature, the pattern of a new international code, and the results of several years' deliberation of the Nomenclature Committee of the American Psychiatric Association. As a result of all these, we were enabled to offer a completely new classification in conformity with newer scientific and clinical knowledge, simpler in structure, easier to use, and virtually identical with other national and international nomenclatures. Qualifying phrases With psychotic reaction With neurotic reaction With behavioral reaction the above qualifying phrases may be added to any diagnosis in the psychobiologic unit when needed to further define or describe the clinical picture. They will not be used where such use is redundant. In general, the phrase will be redundant when it repeats the major heading of any group of diagnosis, for example, is redundant when used with a diagnosis listed under psychotic disorders is redundant when used with psychoneurotic disorders, is redundant when used with personality disorders. 
A qualifying phrase is not ordinarily needed with any diagnosis in the group of acute organic brain disorders, as the diagnosis itself implies a delirium, a temporary psychotic state. T reprinted from Standard Nomenclature of Diseases and Operations, 4th edition, published for American Medical Association, The Blakestone Company, Philadelphia, 1952. Introduction to the Revised Nomenclature This revision of psychiatric nomenclature attempts to provide a classification system consistent with the concepts of modern psychiatry and neurology. It recognizes the present-day descriptive nature of all psychiatric diagnoses and attempts to make possible the gathering of data for future clarification of ideas concerning etiology, pathology, prognosis, and treatment in mental disorders. It attempts to provide for inclusion of new ideas and advances yet to be made without radical revision of the system of nomenclature. This nomenclature limits itself to the classification of the disturbances of mental functioning. It does not include neurologic diagnoses or diagnoses of intracranial pathology, per SE. Such conditions should be diagnosed separately, whether or not a mental disturbance is associated with them. When an intracranial lesion is accompanied by a mental disorder, it is the mental disorder which is diagnosed in this present classification. Provision is made for contributory etiological factors to be stated as a part of the diagnosis or as an additional diagnosis as necessary, see section 3. This diagnostic scheme employs the term disorder generically to designate a group of related psychiatric syndromes. Insofar as is possible, each group is further divided into more specific psychiatric conditions termed reactions. The code numbers are assigned in accordance with the overall plan of the standard nomenclature of diseases and operations, a system fully explained in that publication. All mental disorders are divided into two major groups. One, those in which there is disturbance of mental function resulting from or precipitated by a primary impairment of the function of the brain, generally due to diffuse impairment of brain tissue, and two, those which are the result of a more general difficulty in adaptation of the individual and in which any associated brain function disturbance is secondary to the psychiatric disorder. Perhaps the greatest change in this revision from previous listings lies in the handling of the disorders with no organic etiological factors. In these disorders, the psychiatric picture is characterized by impairment of intellectual functions, including memory, orientation, and judgment, and by shallowness and liability opound effect. This is a basic condition and may be mild, moderate, or severe. It may be, and more often than not is, the only mental disturbance present, or it may be associated with additional disturbances which in this nomenclature are descriptively classified as psychotic, neurotic, or behavioral reactions, see qualifying phrases. 
These associated reactions are not necessarily related in severity to the degree of the organic brain syndrome and are as much determined by inherent personality patterns, the social setting, and the stresses of interpersonal relations as by the precipitating organic impairment. For this reason, these associated reactions are to be looked upon as being released by the organic brain syndrome and superimposed upon it. The organic brain syndrome thereupon becomes the proper focus of diagnosis. Associated reactions should be specified, when necessary, by adding to the diagnosis a qualifying phrase describing the manifestation, one, with psychotic reaction, point two, with neurotic reaction, or three, with behavioral reaction. It is anticipated that the majority of organic disorders will require no qualifying phrase, see qualifying phrases. When the organic brain syndrome is produced by prenatal or natal factors or in the formative years of infancy and childhood, the disturbance in intellectual development and learning ability may be prominent. Such disturbances, formerly diagnosed mental deficiency, secondary, are here listed under the chronic brain syndromes where they seem more properly to belong. In these cases, when it is desired to stress the disorder of intelligence as the primary clinical problem, the diagnosis may be qualified with the phrase X4 with mental deficiency, X41 mild, X42 moderate, or .x43 severe, and the current intelligence quotient will be included in the diagnosis. This categorization relegates the defect of intelligence to the sphere of symptomatology rather than recognizing it as a primary mental disturbance. An unsuccessful attempt was made to find a substitute for the long-used term mental deficiency. Mental deficiency is a legal term comparable to the term insanity, it has little meaning in clinical psychiatry. The term has been defined by law in England and in some parts of the United States. The same objection is raised to the terms idiot, imbecile, and moron. They have the further fault of being based upon psychological testing alone. In the borderline areas of each term, Groupings vary with the immediate condition of the patient, as well as with the skill and training of the examiner. These last named terms have been eliminated. It was necessary to retain a term for those cases presenting clinically primarily a disturbance of intellect, with no recognizable organic brain impairment prenatally, at birth, or in childhood. Since no adequate substitute could be found, the title, mental deficiency, was retained for this group. Degree is indicated by the terms mild, moderate, or severe. No IQ limit has been set for these qualifying terms, C-section IIB, as it is believed that such arbitrary usage of a variable measure is not justifiable in clinical work. Authorities in this field have stated that persons classified under the older groupings of idiot and imbecile in this classification both are included under severe, always show postmortem evidence of chronic brain disorder. It would then appear that a primary diagnosis of mental deficiency, severe, is inaccurate. The schizophrenic reactions have been increased in number and type to allow more detailed diagnosis. 
the manic depressive reactions have been reduced in number and, with a psychotic depressive reaction, have been grouped into the affective reactions. The psychosomatic disorders have been given a separate category to allow more accurate accumulation of data concerning them. The generic term, psychophysiologic autonomic and visceral disorders, has been selected for this group because it seems to express best the interplay of psychic and somatic factors involved in these disturbances. The psychoneurotic disorders have been classified on the basis of their psychopathology as it is generally understood today. The titles for personality disorders and transient situational disorders have been elaborated and expanded. Attention is called to the fact that the section on diseases of the psychobiologic unit is only one section of the standard nomenclature of diseases and operations. Adequate use of any one section requires knowledge and use of the entire standard nomenclature of diseases and operations. More detailed instructions concerning the use of diagnostic terms applied to disorders of the psychobiologic unit are to be found in the section which follows. Section 2b. Definition of terms. Qualifying phrases. The basic division in this nomenclature is into those mental disorders associated with organic brain disturbance and those occurring without such primary disturbance of brain function and not into psychoses, psychoneuroses, and personality disorders. Other categorizations are secondary to the basic division. This nomenclature permits the modification of any of the primary psychiatric diagnoses by the qualifying phrases, but with psychotic reaction, but with neurotic reaction, and with behavioral reaction. These are intended to describe any major alteration of the clinical picture of a diagnosed condition which may appear when further mental symptoms are superimposed on the basic disorder. Grouped together under psychotic disorders are 1. Affective disorders, characterized by severe mood disturbance with associated alterations in thought and behavior in consonance with the effect. 2. Schizophrenic reactions, characterized by fundamental disturbances in reality relationships and concept formations with associated affective, behavioral, and intellectual disturbances marked by a tendency to retreat from reality, by regressive trends, by bizarre behavior, by disturbances in stream of thought, and by formation of delusions and hallucinations. Three, paranoid reactions, characterized by persistent delusions and other evidence of the projective mechanism. From this grouping, a psychotic reaction may be defined as one in which the personality, in its struggle for adjustment to internal and external stresses, utilizes severe affective disturbance, profound autism and withdrawal from reality and or formation of delusions or hallucinations. The qualifying phrase, GD with psychotic reaction, may be used to amplify the diagnosis when, in the presence of another psychiatric disturbance, a symptomatic clinical picture appears which might be diagnosed under psychotic disorders in this nomenclature. 
Specific examples may be seen in severe depression occurring in chronic brain syndrome associated with senile brain disease or paranoid delusions accompanying chronic brain syndrome, alcohol intoxication. Grouped as psychoneurotic disorders are those disturbances in which anxiety is a chief characteristic, directly felt and expressed, or automatically controlled by such defenses as depression, conversion, dissociation, displacement, phobia formation, or repetitive thoughts and acts. For this nomenclature, a psychoneurotic reaction may be defined as one in which the personality, in its struggle for adjustment to internal and external stresses, utilizes the mechanisms listed above to handle the anxiety created. The qualifying phrase, with neurotic reaction, may be used to amplify the diagnosis when, in the presence of another psychiatric disturbance, a symptomatic clinical picture appears which might be diagnosed under psychoneurotic disorders in this nomenclature. Grouped as personality disorders are those cases in which the personality utilizes primarily a pattern of action or behavior in its adjustment struggle rather than symptoms in the mental, somatic, or emotional spheres. For this nomenclature a behavioral reaction, personality disorder may be defined as one in which the personality, in its struggle for adjustment to internal and external stresses, utilizes primarily a pattern of action or behavior. The qualifying phrase, the X3 with behavioral reaction, may be used to amplify the diagnosis when, in the presence of another psychiatric disturbance, a symptomatic clinical picture appears which might be diagnosed. Personality disorder in this nomenclature. The changes in behavior, sufficiently gross to require diagnostic recognition, occurring in many of the chronic brain syndromes, Alzheimer's, cerebral arteriosclerosis, epidemic encephalitis, trauma, are specific examples. In general, it should be noted that the qualifying phrases are provided when needed to further define or describe the clinical picture. They are applied only when superimposed symptoms are so marked that they definitely color the clinical picture. Mild or transient superimposed symptoms will not justify the use of a qualifying phrase. It is anticipated that a diagnosis of chronic brain syndrome will be sufficient in itself under ordinary conditions and qualifying phrases will be needed only for further refinement of the diagnosis. A qualifying phrase will not be used where such use is redundant. In general, the phrase will be redundant when it repeats the major heading of any group of diagnoses, for example, XL is redundant when used with a diagnosis listed under psychotic disorders. X2 is redundant when used with psychoneurotic disorders. X3 is redundant when used with personality disorders. See section 3A. Multiple psychiatric diagnoses for incompatible diagnoses. A qualifying phrase is not ordinarily needed with a diagnosis of acute brain syndrome, but a qualifying phrase may be used when superimposed manifestations warrant such use by their significant modification of the clinical picture. Disorders caused by or associated with impairment of brain tissue function. These disorders are all characterized by a basic syndrome consisting of 
1. Impairment of orientation. 2. Impairment of memory. 3. Impairment of all intellectual functions, comprehension, calculation, knowledge, learning, etc. 4. Impairment of judgment. 5. Liability and shallowness of effect. This syndrome of organic brain disorder is a basic mental condition characteristic of diffuse impairment of brain tissue function from any cause. It may be mild, moderate, or severe, but most of the basic symptoms of the syndrome are generally present to a similar degree in any one patient at any one time. The severity of this basic syndrome is generally parallel to the severity of the impairment of brain tissue function. This syndrome may be the only mental disturbance present or it may be associated with psychotic manifestations, neurotic manifestations, or behavioral disturbance. These associated reactions are not necessarily related in severity to the degree of the organic brain disorder or to the degree of brain damage. They are determined by inherent personality patterns, current emotional conflicts, the immediate environmental situation, and the setting of interpersonal relations, as well as by the precipitating organic disorder. These associated reactions are to be looked upon as being released by the organic brain disorder and superimposed upon it. Since personality function depends greatly upon the integrity of brain function, various changes in personality reaction are to be expected with organic brain disorders. When these associated reactions are present to a significant degree, they are recognized by the addition of one of the qualifying statements listed, SEC qualifying phrases. The organic brain disorders are separated into acute and chronic because of the marked differences between these two groups in regard to prognosis, treatment, and general course of illness. The terms acute and chronic refer primarily to the reversibility of brain pathology in its accompanying organic brain syndrome and not to the etiology, onset, or duration of the illness. Since the same etiology may produce either temporary or permanent brain damage, a brain disorder which appears reversible, hence acute, at its beginning may prove later to have left permanent damage and a persistent organic brain syndrome, which will then be diagnosed as chronic. These are the organic brain syndromes from which the patient recovers. They are the result of temporary, reversible, diffuse impairment of brain tissue function such as is present in acute alcoholic intoxication or acute delirium. The basic disturbance of the sensorium may release other disturbances such as hallucinations, poorly organized, transient delusions, and behavior disturbances of varying degree. While a qualifying phrase may not ordinarily be needed with any diagnosis in this group, a qualifying phrase may be used when superimposed manifestations warrant such use by their severe modifications of the clinical picture. These disorders are subclassified according to the cause of the impairment of brain tissue function. Acute brain syndrome associated with intracranial infection. Specify infection. Here are to be classified those conditions due primarily to intracranial infection, such as encephalitis, epidemic and other, meningitis of all causes, 
and brain abscess, which appear to be temporary and reversible. Acute brain syndrome associated with systemic infection. Specify infection. Here are to be classified those temporary, recoverable mental disturbances directly resulting from severe general systemic infections. Among the more common systemic infections producing such a reaction are pneumonia, typhoid fever, and acute rheumatic fever. Care must be taken to distinguish these reactions from other disorders, particularly manic depressive and schizophrenic reactions, which may be made manifest by even a mild attack of infectious disease. Acute brain syndrome, drug or poison intoxication. Specify drug or poison. Drug, this category is intended for the inclusion of acute reversible brain syndromes due to drugs generally used in medical practices, such as bromides, barbiturates, opiates, or hormonal and similarly acting principles. Poison, here should be classified the acute brain syndromes associated with chemical action on the brain by substances not ordinarily used in medical practice, such as lead, other metals, gas, and other sources of intoxication, except alcohol, as listed in Category 3 of the Standard Nomenclature of Diseases and Operations. Acute Brain Syndrome, Alcohol Intoxication This group is given separate status from other intoxications for statistical purposes. Here will be classified the acute recoverable brain syndromes attributable to alcohol, notably delirium tremens and acute alcoholic hallucinosis. When simple alcoholic intoxication produces an acute brain syndrome requiring diagnosis, it will be classified here. Habitual alcoholism without brain syndrome should be diagnosed under addiction. Pathological intoxication may cause difficulty in proper diagnosis. When, without apparent pre-existing mental disorder, there is a marked behavioral or psychotic reaction with an acute brain syndrome after minimal alcoholic intake, the case will be classified here. When a pre-existing psychotic, psychoneurotic, or personality disorder is made more manifest after minimal alcoholic intake, the case will be classified under the diagnosis of the underlying condition. Acute brain syndrome associated with trauma. Specify trauma. Here are to be classified those cases of acute brain syndrome developing immediately after head injury produced by external trauma of a gross physical nature, including surgery. Mental disturbances following injuries to other parts of the body are not to be classified here. Brain syndromes in which head trauma acts as a contributing or precipitating cause should be diagnosed under the proper etiological heading and not included in this group. This category docs not include the chronic organic results of head injury. Acute brain syndrome associated with circulatory disturbance. Indicate cardiovascular disease as additional diagnosis. Here are to be classified those acute recoverable brain syndromes occurring as a result of such circulatory disturbances as cerebral embolism, arterial hypertension, cardiorenal disease, and especially cardiac disease, particularly in decompensation. 
acute fluctuations in the chronic progressive course of circulatory disturbances such as cerebral arteriosclerosis will not be diagnosed here, but will be placed under the listing of chronic brain syndrome. Acute brain syndrome associated with convulsive disorder. Indicate manifestation by supplementary term. Under this heading will be classified only cases which show acute brain syndrome in connection with idiopathic epilepsy. Most common disturbance of this group is the epileptic clotted state occurring in those epileptics who develop preceding or following convulsive attacks or as equivalents of attacks, dazed reactions with deep confusion, bewilderment, and anxiety or excitement with hallucinations, fears, and violent outbreaks. Those cases in which the convulsive manifestations are symptomatic of other disease are to be classified under the headings for such other disease. Acute brain syndrome associated with metabolic disturbance. Specify. Here will be classified those acute reversible brain syndromes resulting from metabolic disturbance such as uremia, diabetes, hyperthyroidism, vitamin deficiency, and so forth. Acute brain syndrome associated with intracranial neoplasm. Indicate neoplasm as additional diagnosis. Here will be classified those acute reversible brain syndromes resulting from intracranial neoplasms, whether the neoplasm be primary or secondary. Reversibility of the pathological process underlying the acute brain syndrome, pressure, edema, etc. is the basis of differentiation between acute and chronic syndromes of this category. Acute brain syndrome with disease of unknown or uncertain cause. Indicate disease as additional diagnosis. Here will be classified those acute reversible brain syndromes resulting from diseases of unknown cause, such as multiple sclerosis. This diagnosis progressive disturbances of brain function. This category differs from the one that follows in that here the disease causing the acute brain syndrome is recognized and diagnosed although the etiology of the disease is unknown. Acute brain syndrome of unknown cause. This category is intended for those acute brain syndromes whose cause cannot be recognized. It may also be used for acute brain syndromes of known cause, not elsewhere classifiable, in which case the causative disease will be separately diagnosed. Record librarians and statisticians may use this category for incomplete diagnoses. Chronic brain disorders. The chronic organic brain syndromes result from relatively permanent, more or less irreversible, diffuse impairment of cerebral tissue function. While the underlying pathological process may partially subside or respond to specific treatment, as in syphilis, there remains always a certain irreducible minimum of brain tissue destruction which cannot be reversed, even though the loss of function may be almost imperceptible clinically. The chronic brain syndrome may become milder, vary in degree, or progress, but some disturbance of memory, judgment, orientation, comprehension, and effect persists permanently. Other mental disturbances of psychotic, neurotic, or behavioral type may be superimposed on the chronic brain syndrome, 
when clinically significant, these will be recognized by addition of the appropriate qualifying phrase to the diagnosis, see qualifying phrases. When the chronic organic disorder is present during infancy and childhood and results in significantly disturbed intellectual development, this may be recognized by addition of the qualifying phrase JC4 with mental deficiency. These disorders are classified according to the cause of the impairment of brain function. Some of the diagnostic categories are identical with those of the acute brain syndromes. The differentiation is based on the permanent impairment of brain function in the chronic group. Chrome brain syndrome associated with congenital cranial anomaly, congenital spastic paraplegia, mongolism, prenatal maternal infectious disease, birth trauma. These categories are provided for the group of mental disturbances formally diagnosed as secondary mental deficiency. Clinically, a general developmental defect of mentation is superimposed on the chronic brain syndrome and when prominent may require the addition of the qualifying phrase mental deficiency. The degree of defective intelligence will be specified as mild, moderate, or severe and the current IQ rating will be added to the diagnosis, see mental deficiency. Chronic brain syndrome associated with central nervous system syphilis, meningoencephalitic. Here will be classified the cases formally diagnosed as general paresis. In addition to the organic brain syndrome, these cases show physical signs and symptoms of parenchymatous syphilis of the nervous system and usually positive serology, including the paretic goal curve. The psychotic reaction, when such occurs, may simulate one of the functional psychoses but is to be classified here with the qualifying phrase with psychotic reaction. Chronic brain syndrome associated with central nervous system syphilis, meningovascular. The mental disturbance is that of the chronic brain syndrome and is indistinguishable from the mental disturbance of meningoencephalitic syphilis. A differential diagnosis may be possible in those cases in which the history, signs, and symptoms, including serology, suggest a primary and predominating involvement of the meninges and blood vessels rather than of the parenchyma of the nervous system. Suggestive of this type of syphilis, cerebral, rather than general paresis, or comparatively early onset after infection, sudden onset of mental disturbance, vocal signs, particularly cranial nerve palsy, apoplectiform seizures, very high spinal fluid cell count, positive blood and spinal fluid serology, and prompt response to general systemic antisyphilitic treatment. Cases showing mental disturbances on a basis of cerebral lesions from syphilitic vascular disease will be classified here rather than under the heading chronic brain syndrome associated with disturbance of circulation.